One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I am Courtney Eck. And we are happy to be with you again. Always. I know. It's been a couple, well, like two weeks because we had to do some back-to-back episodes. Yeah. Uh, Again, the magic of podcasting. You people don't know that. Mm -hmm. We We haven't spoken to you in two weeks. But in our hearts and minds, we've missed you. We're happy to be here with you. Yes, we are. And I am coming back with a vengeance because I have a real gnarly case for you all tonight. This is the kidnapping and murder of Sherry Smith. Tell me all about it. In 1985, 17-year-old Sherry Smith lived in Lexington County, South Carolina, and was just two days away from graduating high school. She was also given the honor of singing the national anthem at the graduation ceremony, followed by a celebratory cruise with her classmates. Mm, Fun. Her father described her as the, quote, glue that kept the family together and said she was always happy. She was born in 1967 to Hilda and Robert Smith and had an exceptional childhood, riding horses, participating in her youth group, and singing in the church choir. She was exceptionally close to her sister Dawn, and the two did just about everything together. So on May 31st at 3.38 p.m., Sherry got home from a pool party friends had thrown to celebrate their graduation, and she stopped at the mailbox in front of her house to check the mail. The mailbox was about 700 feet from her house, and her father spotted her from his office window as she arrived, and then went back to doing whatever he'd been doing before she arrived. He said that five or ten minutes passed before he realized he hadn't heard her enter their home, and he was suddenly struck with the feeling that something was wrong. Quote, she always came and gave her daddy a big hug, he explained. She was the most affectionate thing in the world. Quote, at first I thought she had just run across the street into the woods, he recalled, because Sherry, with a rare form of diabetes, sometimes downed large amounts of water and then quickly had to find relief. Mm. When he looked up for her and couldn't find her, he was terrified. No, that's not something that should happen. Your no, mailbox. Your yep, mailbox. That, I picture, I mean, it's 700 feet. That's far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I picture all the houses we grew up with. I don't know how far our mailbox is from the house we grew up with. I would guess four or 500 feet, mm-hmm. 300 feet. Yeah. So it was a super long driveway, but 
he could see, obviously, the end of it. So he said he ran through the house and into the garage and then started his car to drive down to their mailbox as quickly as he could. He said that at the end of the long driveway, he found Sherry's car running with the car door open and her purse still inside. Oh, man. I mean, what the fuck? You're just bebopping along in your day, working in your office, and then this is your reality. Right. Or you're getting home from a pool party and checking the mail, and this is your reality. And this is your reality. No. It sucks. No. Four o'clock in the afternoon, broad daylight. No. He said there were barefoot footprints leading from the car to the mailbox, but the prints stopped at the mailbox and didn't return to the car. Oh, God, I just got chills. I know. She didn't have shoes on because she was at the pool. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's summer in South Carolina. It's probably 50 billion degrees, and she's, yeah, she's having a great day. She's barefoot, driving home, Mm going to make a snack, whatever. Yep. Sherry was nowhere to be found. Sherry's father returned to the house and said to his wife, quote, I don't know how to tell you this, but Sherry's car is at the end of the driveway running and she's not in it. Her mother responded, quote, oh my God, not my Sherry. Mm-mm. Police were called and found the family's mail next to the mailbox, so assumed that she had been in the process of retrieving the mail when she'd been kidnapped. The community was understandably beside themselves with the news that a bright young girl had been abducted in front of her own home in broad daylight, and the largest manhunt in South Carolina history was quickly organized, and her parents appeared on the news to appeal to the public to help bring Sherry home. The Smiths were a very well-known and influential family in Lexington County, and police assumed that Sherry had been kidnapped for ransom, as they likely would have had the means to pay to have their daughter returned. Sherry's family waited for two agonizing days, and then they received a phone call from a man with a distorted voice. The man demanded to speak to Sherry's mother and proceeded to describe the black and yellow bathing suit Sherry had been wearing under her clothes when she'd been abducted, so the family knew the call was not a hoax. Wow. He said that Sherry was fine and he was planning to release her. He said they'd been watching TV and he'd made sure to feed her and that she was eating a little food and staying hydrated. He said that Sherry was doing great and he didn't ask for a ransom on that call, but did say that they would be receiving a letter in the morning, so they should keep an eye out for that. Based on the planning that went into Sherry's abduction, authorities assumed that the kidnapper had likely committed a similar crime in the past and had put a lot of time and planning into taking Sherry. The letter the kidnapper had promised was scheduled to come over the weekend, so the police woke up the local postmaster and they started digging through the mail to see if they could intercept the letter early and save some time, considering time was of the essence. They did find the letter, and it was written in Sherry's handwriting. Mm -mm. Down the side of the page, it said, God is love, in all caps, and at the top of the page, it said, 310 a.m., next to, I love y'all, underlined several times, and the heading, last will and testament. I don't like it. Just get ready. Horny. It was a two-page letter written by Sherry outlining how much she loved her family and friends and how much she didn't want them to suffer after her death. Are you ready for this? No. Quote, I love you, Mommy, Daddy, Robert, Dawn, and Richard, and everyone else. I'll be with my father now, so please don't worry! Exclamation point. 
Just remember my witty personality and great special times we all shared together. Please don't let this ruin your lives and just keep on living one day at a time for Jesus. Some good will come out of this. Wow. My thoughts will always be with you and in you, in parentheses, casket closed. I love you all so damn much. Sorry, Dad. I just had to cuss for once. Jesus, forgive me. Richard, sweetie, who is her boyfriend, I really did and always will love you and treasure our special moments. I just ask one thing, though, that you accept Jesus as your personal savior, followed by a smiley face. Oh, my God. My family has been my greatest influence in my life. I'm sorry if I ever disappointed you in any way. I only wanted to make you proud of me because I have always been proud of my family. Mom, Dad, Robert, and Dawn, there's so much that I want to say that I should have said before now. I love you. I know y'all love me and will miss me very much, but if y'all stick together like we always did, y'all can do it. Please do not become hard or upset. Everything works out for the good of those who love the Lord. All my love always, Sharon Sherry Smith. Wow. (laughs) P.S. Nana, I love you so much. I kind of always felt like your favorite. You were mine. (laughs) Like, Oh, no, sweetheart. (laughs) Who has the wherewithal and the courage and the, uh, like, to just be funny and self-deprecating and positive and encouraging? And uh, that is just so far beyond me. Mm-hmm. If I could channel one tiny ounce of that amount of peace or Seriously, whatever that is. No. You know. Unbelievable. Her father said that after he read the letter, he had a, quote, very helpless feeling come mm-hmm. over him, but he was not without hope. He said the words last will and testament just, quote, knocked him back and he was totally helpless. He said the hardest part was that he had to show the letter to his wife. Mm-mm. Police immediately sent the letter to the South Carolina Law Enforcement Crime Lab, and scientists there studied the letter for hair fibers, fingerprints, or any forensic evidence that could help them identify the kidnapper. While they waited for additional information on the letter, the abductor called the Smith family again, and here is a snippet from that call. Have you received the mail today? Uh, yes, I have. Do you believe me now? Well, I'm not really sure I believe you because I haven't had any word from Sherry. And I need to know that Sherry is well. You'll know in two or three days. Why two or three days? Call the search off. He called again that same night and implied that Sherry was still alive and he had plans to release her soon and said, quote, Sherry is now a part of me, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Our souls are one now. Oh, gross, dude. Not what you want to hear, no. period. Don't say that about my... No, your souls are not one. No. Police traced the call to a payphone outside of a drugstore in downtown Lexington, but that didn't get them any closer to tracking down Sherry or her abductor. Five days after Sherry went missing, the abductor called again and spoke to both Hilda and Sherry's 21-year-old sister, Dawn, and here is that call. Okay, 4.58 a.m. No, I'm sorry, hold on. 3.10 a.m. Saturday, the 1st of June. She hand wrote what you received. 
So then he called the next morning, and when Hilda answered, he gave her a series of directions, and at the end of the call, he said, quote, God chose us. Police immediately dispatched to the area the caller had described on the call, and very unfortunately, Sherry's body was found in the backyard of a white building the caller had mentioned. No. She was wearing the shirt and shorts she'd last been seen in when she'd left the pool party, and the autopsy revealed that she had actually been dead for several days. God, I hate it. Investigators believe that when the killer slipped up on the call and claimed that Sherry had written the letter at 4.58 a.m., he was actually referring to the time she died, mm. so just two hours after she'd written the letter. Mm-hmm. If that was accurate, Sherry had only been alive for 12 hours after she disappeared in front of her home on the 31st. Why, Courtney? They also believed that the killer had dumped the body immediately and then tried to buy time before the body was discovered, knowing crucial evidence would potentially be destroyed in the meantime. The medical examiner found duct tape residue on her face, and that pointed to her cause of death being suffocation. Mm. Her hair had also been cut shorter, so it seemed he had to cut the duct tape out of her hair to take it with him and not leave his evidence, again pointing to the idea that he had experience carrying out similar crimes. The FBI developed a profile on the killer and determined that he was most likely a white male who had been married previously, but the marriage had failed in his mid to late 20s or early 30s and had a history of sex crimes. Mm-hmm. Forensic scientists determined that the killer's voice had been disguised using something called a variable speed control device, which indicated that he had some experience working with electronics, either through his line of work or his education. They also believed that he'd planned out everything and scripted his calls, which was backed up by the fact that he slipped up when talking about the time that Sherry had written the letter to her parents. Mm-hmm. And as if the horrible ordeal wasn't enough to endure... The killer called Sherry's family on the night of her funeral. No, he didn't. Yep. He called Collect and wanted to tell the family exactly how he'd murdered oh, their God, daughter. Please, no. He asked her family if they could, quote, take it, which they were like, no, of course we couldn't take it. But they had to keep the killer on the line to try to pinpoint his location. Mm. In 1985, it took at least 15 minutes for investigators to be able to trace a call, so they had to endure speaking to the Mm -hmm. man who had just savagely raped and murdered their daughter. 15 minutes. Yeah, and I don't think that they caught his location because they endured that phone conversation, but as far as I'm aware, that did not lead to pinpointing his location. Yep. A couple of weeks later, the killer called the Smiths again, but this time he didn't want to talk about Sherry. He wanted to talk about another missing girl, nine-year-old Deborah May Helmick. Mm-mm. Two weeks after Sherry went missing, nine-year-old Deborah was abducted in front of her trailer in Richland County, which was just 24 miles from the Smith's home. 
Deborah was a pretty blonde girl, blue eyes, just like Sherry had been. A neighbor saw someone drive up and grab Deborah before speeding away in their car. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I couldn't find, you know, it was 1985. I couldn't find anything about Deborah or her family, but she's a nine-year-old girl. Right. She got snatched in yeah, front of her parents. That's home. all. That's enough to know that. during the demented collect call the killer gave the smiths a series of directions to quote where deborah may was waiting Mm. and ended the call with quote god forgive us all police were dispatched and again found the body of the young girl where the caller had described just as they had in sherry's case it's just like a big game big old game he could just just be getting away with all this shit and Nope. He just wants to torment these people. Absolutely torment them. That's so awful. Well, and you're you're alive. You're sitting at home grieving the death of your beautiful, vibrant, kind, intelligent 17-year-old daughter. And this guy knows who you are, where you are, how to get a hold of you. Like, imagine the terror of just wondering constantly what is going to happen, even if it's just a phone call. Right. You know, even yeah. if you just no, continue time... to receive phone calls from this piece of shit. Yeah. Every time your phone rings, not to mention that you have another daughter, not to mention that nobody's safe. Yep. And a son. Mm-mm. Yep. Mm-mm. Yep. Police believe the killer would likely be exhibiting compulsive behavior at that point, including losing weight, drinking heavily, acting strangely, and would likely be excited to talk about the murders whenever he had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, authorities were still studying the letter that Sherry had written, desperate for any clues it could give them to stop what they knew was a serial killer on the loose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm getting serious BTK vibes from this guy. So much, so much. I saw one of the detectives, I saw an interview, and he's like, you know, I thought, this is probably the same killer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no shit. Yeah, right? (laughs) Wow. Smart. That's that's some good detective work. I know, and I think for the most part, these detectives did a great job. It was just a terrible quote. Like, (laughs) yeah, yep, that's definitely the same killer. (laughs) So they decided to try to use an electrostatic detection machine to see if they could find any latent indentations from the previous pages that had been used in the legal pad used to write the letter got it so do you all know what i'm referring to yes. like yes so somebody had written something on the page before sherry's she, letter right. ripped that off and then she wrote it so they're trying to see whatever had been written in that pa- in that pad before mm-hmm. her letter was written so they essentially applied humidity to the pages and then applied them to brass plate and electrical charges were sent through them they then applied a powder similar to fingerprint powder, which would pull up any indented images that wouldn't be able to be seen with the naked eye. The first attempt to pull an image revealed what looked like a grocery list, a list of bills to pay, and then a list of emergency names and phone numbers that it appeared someone had left for someone else. Uh-oh. They were able to pull a partial telephone number that referred to Huntsville, Alabama, but they could only make out three of the last four numbers in the telephone number. But luckily they had three, so they just had to figure out the fourth. Right. They ran through every number until they came up with a working telephone number in Huntsville, Alabama. 
They called the man associated with the number and asked if he knew anyone in South Carolina, and he said that his mother and father lived there. Uh-oh. So this young man's father was 50-year-old electrician Ellis Shepard, who lived 15 miles from the Smith family. Police searched phone records and learned that some of the calls that had been made to the Smith's residence had actually been made from Shepard's home, and they were like, WTF, dude. Wow. Shepard explained that he and his wife had been on vacation when Sherry Smith was abducted and had no idea why his son's information was written on the same pad used to write Sherry's last will and testament. Hmm. Police then played a recording of the killer's voice for Shepard, and his response was, quote, dirty son of a bitch, because I knew it was him. Wow. <laughs> so Shepard left his son's phone number for Bell and said, call him if you need wow. anything. And that's who the police, that's the phone number the police pulled up. That's amazing. Yes. You guys, we are so proud to announce that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As you all know, our life has been crazier, 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 crazier. Right. Lots of personal crises is going on in my our personal lives. Right. Pod, uh, not podcast. Uh, what's it called? Pandemic. And yes. And politics. Reflection. Not reflection. Inflation. <laughs> all of it. All of it. And then dealing with the family member's death, etc. It's a lot for two people to deal with. Sadie has been lucky enough to be in therapy for a couple of years now. But Courtney, top priority for months and months now has been to get some brain help, get some of my businesses in order. But you know what's hard to do? What? Find a therapist. Oh, it's so hard. I got so lucky. But it is one of the hardest things to do. But you know what can help you do that? Better help with a P as in pop your mental health off to the stars. <laughs> pop it off to the stars. That's right. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. And getting therapy every week is as easy as a few clicks on your laptop or phone. That's right. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. Better help makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed, which is honestly amazing because it really, it's all about the connection. Yeah. And it, I, that's the reason I haven't gotten a therapist is because A, I don't have time be, because I pack my life full of stuff to ignore my mental health needs, mm -hmm. but better help. It's more affordable than traditional online therapy and financial aid is available, which I think is huge, especially right now. Right. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. Seriously, the best money I've ever spent is on therapy. Yep. And they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp.com slash they will. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash they will. Pop your mental health off to the stars. Pop your mental health off to the stars. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Got anything, to add? Got anything to add to that, Jingle? No, no. Do it, you guys. You deserve it. We love you. We Please. love you. Do it. Take care of your brain. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, not goodbye. Goodbye to this ad. We'll see you on the other side of this ad. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
Shepard still had the page with the phone numbers on it and turned it over to investigators, and it was an exact match of the image they pulled from Sherry's letter. So he still had the phone numbers. He had the list, like the actual page. No. With like, you know, call, here's the fire department, you know, all the all the numbers no. on there. Yes. And they laid it down and they put the <laughs> the imprint that they pulled and it was the exact same chills, thing. Chills, chills, chills. In my Can shoulders. You believe I, it. No. A name and a phone number to follow up on. Wow. Yes. And then and I the list. am going to assume yes. And I'm going to assume that Sherry asked to write that letter. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to assume that she being the charming, you know, thoughtful person that she was, was like, Can I please write my parents a letter? And he agreed. And that son of a bitch got caught. Good. 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 Yes. So Larry Jean Bell was born in Ralph, Alabama and had three sisters and one brother. His family moved around frequently, and Bell later joined the Marine Corps, but was discharged after he accidentally shot himself in the knee while cleaning his gun. (laughs) Whoopsie. It's basically all the information I have, but I wanted to include it because you are fucking dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) He briefly worked as a correctional officer at the Department of Corrections in Columbia, was married and divorced, and had one son. Throughout his life, Bell had been caught in inappropriate acts like making obscene phone calls, and at one point he had been caught trying to kidnap a woman at the University of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. The shepherd said that when Bell had picked him up from the airport after their vacation, all he wanted to talk about was Sherry's abduction and murder. They also reported that he'd, quote, lost weight, was unshaven, and seemed highly agitated. Wow. Police searched Shepard's home and found six blonde hairs that were, quote, microscopically similar to Sherry's hairs. The stamp that had been used to mail Sherry's last will and testament matched a sheet of duck stamps found in Ellis Shepard's office. Can you imagine? No, absolutely not. I travel all the time. Laura and I are out of town a lot. We have a lot of people sitting our house and our dogs and... To come home and learn that your home had been a staging for an abduction and murder of a 17-year-old girl. <sighs> yeah. Nope. Personal nightmare. Yes. Bell was arrested the next day, and when police questioned him, all he would say was, quote, This Larry Jean Bell didn't do it. It was the bad Ooh, Larry yeah. Jean Bell. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No, no, this no, guy no, no. Is super creepy. Yeah. Super, super creepy. He went to trial in Jan and I was kind of like, I'd never heard this case. I'd never heard no. of this guy. And I was like, this guy is the stuff that nightmares are made of. I'm really surprised we haven't heard more about him because he is a full blown like yeah. boogeyman, yeah. you know. He went to and it's probably because he got caught so quickly, but he went to trial in January of 1986, and the prosecutor in the case said, quote, Sherry Smith had the fortitude and the courage to write out her last will and testament, and then he put the pen that they took from Shepard's house in front of the jury and asked if they had the courage to sign their name on a death penalty verdict. Wow. And this little Southern man was like, it was electrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, man. I, That's yeah, intense. I, y'all know I don't believe in the death penalty, but... I do believe in Southern fucking theatrics. And so <laughs> it's like 
Matthew McConaughey Mm -hmm. in A Time to Kill, in Mm -hmm. my mind. Mm -hmm. That's how that played out. The jury deliberated for 27 minutes before finding Bell guilty of kidnapping and first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to death by electrocution. 27? Sorry, 47 minutes. Sorry, but still, 47, 47? not even an hour. 47 minutes. We didn't even get to a fucking hour. No, that's like a Breaking Bad episode. Right? Wow. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Bell filed several appeals and all were denied. And then on October 4th, 1996, he died in the electric chair. Holy shit. What about the other murder? I think you, I guess, I think he was sentenced to both. Okay. For both. Yeah. He was charged with both and sentenced for both. Quote. Yeah. I mean, one is plenty. You snatch a one girl in front of her house and murder her. And torment her family, you're getting the death penalty, is my guess, mm-hmm. too. Slam dunk, mm-hmm. no question. Quote, after Bell was arrested, officers brought in Hilda and older daughter Dawn to confront Bell, hoping to elicit a spontaneous confession. Quote, I prayed about going, recalls Hilda. Inside, I was screaming as hard as I could, trying to get the pain out, the pain of losing my daughter. And I said, quote, God, I can't hate this man. There's no more room in my heart for more pain. And God took the hate away. (laughs) The quote continues, when Hilda met Bell at the jail, she forgave him to his face, said Bob, her husband, still amazed at his wife's strength and mercy. It took Bob another seven months to reach his own point of forgiveness. At the urging of a friend, he went behind a secluded barn and just blasted out, he said. (laughs) Quote, I was really, really mad, and I wanted to scream and holler at God. My friend said, go ahead, he can take it. And it was such a relief to do that physical thing and get all those emotions out. This is still the quote. Mm-hmm. Once he let them out, he was able to let them go. Bob's forgiveness of Bell dovetailed with his forgiveness of himself. Quote, I was supposed to take care of my children, and in my mind, I had failed, Aww. he explained. Maybe I needed to forgive myself before I could forgive him. It happened almost at the same time. So I'm not sure if Bell was ever formally evaluated, but mental health experts speculated that he might have been schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Mm. Other people thought he just acted insane so that he wouldn't be held responsible for his crimes. But he was regularly overheard saying that he heard messages directly from God and that he was Jesus Christ himself. Up until the day he died, people said he claimed he was Jesus Christ. He also, quote, smeared his own feces on himself and drank his own urine, according to a 1996 article. Hmm. Bell was also a suspect in the 1984 disappearance of Sandy Elaine Cornett from Charlotte, North Carolina. Cornet was a girlfriend of one of Bell's co-workers. Hmm. Regardless of why Bell became the awful person that he was, it was Sherry's courage in convincing him to send her family a letter that stopped him from harming other young girls. Quote, we prayed for him, Bob Smith said of the man who abducted and killed their teenage daughter. And I felt sympathy for his parents because he was their child but there was no closure when they executed him. It couldn't bring Sherry back. Mm -hmm. What touched the Smiths as they watched the news coverage was the sight of their daughter's friends gathered outside the prison gates, not protesting for or against the death penalty, but simply holding lighted candles in Sherry's memory. 
quote that meant so much to us, Hilda said softly. We just want Sherry to be remembered, you know. know. And that, my darlings, is the case of the boogeyman and the kidnapping and murder of Sherry Smith and Deborah May Helmick. Wow. Wow. I mean, really, how do we not know about this case? I know. He's a proper... I hesitate to use the word monster when referring to human beings because I think that's a slippery slope. But if I was going to refer to a human being as a monster, it would be him. Yeah. That shit is so, so, so inappropriate beyond. No. Creepy, awful. Yeah. You know, I just today, my my kiddo has been taking his bike rides. That's his new thing, right? He's almost eight. But he does it because it's still summertime every pretty much every morning. And I was thinking this morning, like, oh, I should, we should probably, like, switch it up. It shouldn't be a routine. And I was like, God, that's uh, so paranoid, Sadie. Like, you're being so paranoid. Yeah. But then yeah. you hear stories like this. And honestly, it just doesn't matter. Like, you could just be checking the mail. 100%. Well, yeah. And also, maybe I should have him take a break from his bike ride. Because <laughs> <laughs> if there's some creep in my neighborhood noticing this child on by himself every morning like it would be a very easy target and why why do i have to live in a world where i have to think of things like that yeah well you mostly don't i mean this the statistically the chances of your son getting snatched off his bike in your neighborhood are point bazillion zeros and then one you know? know it's not ever a stranger who snatches a kid and kills them but then all of a sudden it, it someone's is. world gets ripped open and like the craziest worst possible thing that you can imagine is happening to your family and then continues to happen mm-hmm. to your family and luckily it, things lined up in a way that they could very quickly figure out who ha- this who had done it intercept him you know like ugh. yeah but my heart goes out to those people and they just seem like really remarkable people who have a deep faith and a deep love and have come on out on the other side i'm sure completely different people with tons and endless wells of pain but yeah they're an inspiration she's an inspiration reading that letter i was like i don't even know if i can get through this in the show it's just so next level you know? Yeah. No. It's one of those you got to put the wall up because it's otherwise too Seriously. raw. And the wall is so thin mm. these days. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we've got death around us and mm-hmm. my, you know, in-laws are moving and they're getting, they're elderly. It's just a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's real easy to pierce my veil these days. Yeah. Like reading about these cases and stuff. I'm like, oh, it's so tender. Yeah. It's extra tender. Right. You know? I'm so sorry for her family and endlessly. I uh, yeah, can't. I can't. Fuck no. Mm. And speaking of families, Daisy De La O, who I co- we covered a while ago, a couple mm-hmm. months ago, um, and you all fell in love with, and then proceeded to donate tons of money to her GoFundMe account. Her mother reached out to us soon after, and you know said thank you. I think we mentioned this, and thank you to you all for the support and the love and the and the financial support, but she reached out over the weekend and the killer's sentencing keeps getting pushed back and she's struggling. And we had a, an exchange and um, we invited her to come on the show to talk about it. Cause she's just, you know, basically saying it's just, 
you can't imagine how hard it is and how much Mm -hmm. she's been further victimized. And so uh, I think next week we'll do a bonus episode or the week, you know, we're, our plan is to meet with her on, on August 8th and talk about her experience and Daisy some more. And I would love to learn more about Daisy considering there's so little out there about Mm -hmm. her, but yeah, we'll be releasing a bonus episode with an interview with Susie who I, we, I just have such a tremendous affection for, and I'm really excited to get to spend some time talking to her in person. I think it's, you know, I was listening to the early messages with her just remembering that this is really real it's really real the stories we talk about are true true crime real people who actually have to live through this and i think it's easy for all of us to kind of get caught up in yep you know the zaniness or the whatever like you know that it's in in lots of ways in entertainment so i think it's just good to remember really remember Mm -hmm. you know the reason we do this uh, is and ho- hopefully that we're honoring the victims and sharing their stories. Exactly, and, you know. But yep. I think it'll be good to talk to. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful for Susie for reaching out, and I'm excited to talk to her and share it with you all. Yeah, yep, it'll be good. And also speaking of families, I think that last regular feed episode, our grandma was at the end of her life, but still living. Correct. Right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Good and point. so she passed away last thursday no 21st Um, yeah so she passed away the early morning of the 21st and peacefully at home we miss her yep yeah and are glad that she was able to move on to the next thing whatever that looks like for her i know best case scenario she got exactly what she wanted and all i can hope for all of us is that we all get exactly what we want so yep yes well now it's time for everybody's favorite hard right from Terrible. Heinous, yeah. horrible, worst possible case scenario things that happen to people and straight into name time. That's quite a few, haven't we? Fuck tons, you guys. Th- flowing through. Metric fuck tons of names. <laughs> it's name time! So... The Houston Astros manager's name is Dusty Baker. <laughs> I, they, when they sent it, they sent a photo of like the Swedish chef, like covered in flour. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, multiple people have sent us. I think we covered this one, but you know what? I've always Let's... got room for a dick for a dick name. Uh, the urologist Doctor Dick Chop keeps coming up <laughs> all over and over again. And it, he is a real urologist in I yes. think Austin, Texas. Yep. Um, there's a Rabbi Wolfgang Hamburger. No, there isn't. The best rabbi, the best wow. person, Rabbi Wolfgang Hamburger. And the <laughs> same amazing. listeners, yep, the same letter, listener's stepmother's name is Kitty Wolf. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, somebody said, watching Mind Over Murder on HBO Max, and there's an attorney called Richard Schmeling <laughs> that they call Dick, Dick Schmeling. Schmeling. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Um, Iron Knob. I can't remember where that is, but that's a place. It's in oh, my, it's my God. my bedroom. Seriously. Uh, somebody sent us some Appalachian names. You. Oh, yes. I did Baby read this Darling. One. I couldn't you, help it. Sweet mm-hmm. baby darling, thank you. I asked and you received me it. 
provided. <laughs> American Bird. No. B-Y-R-D. No. Tamar Rose. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I think this one is wrong. Damn it. I think it autocorrected. It says L. Gannon and Rosanna, but I don't think that's right. But their son is Bacchus, and she has a grandmother, L. Zira. <sighs> And our best friend, Clint, hi, Clint, was hey, just Clint. here visiting, and he was related to someone or knew someone named Thrashley. And he <laughs> is from South Carolina, speaking of South Carolina, and he owes us a bunch of names. So, Clint. Yes, he does. The people are waiting. I think he was, it was a relation, because if he had ever had a daughter, so, he'd want to name her Thrashley. Thrashley. Yeah, like his grandma, great-grandma. I think it Thrashley was a gentleman. I think. Clint, clarify. Clint, help us. We are yeah. not good at listening. <laughs> yeah, I think Thrashley was a, my, a man. There's more. <laughs> I was watching the Jackie Collins documentary, which I highly recommend. It's very entertaining. And her agent um, was Morton Janklow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's amazing. And there's a woman, she was the wife of the owner of, this is not a name, but this is an anecdote that I found very charming. The wife of the owner of 20th Century Fox was speaking mm-hmm. about Jackie Collins, and she said she used to bring a baked potato with her everywhere she went, so she'd always have something plain to eat. <laughs> <laughs> she said they were at an event, and she pulled out the baked potato and put it on her plate, and Jackie was like, that is brilliant. <laughs> so smart. <laughs> She'd always have something plain to eat. That's amazing. Now I want a big potato. Your husband owns everything. You have more money than God. She's like toting her big potato around. (laughs) Here's a hell of a name. Satan Xerxes Canarchy LaVey. Do you think mom and dad worship the devil? (laughs) Well, I maybe think that's true. Wow. (laughs) That's you're setting your kid up for a whole lot. Um, somebody had three teachers and I think their child school, Mr. Finger, Mr. Perton, person, Mr. Finger, Mr. Person, and Mrs. Peoples. <laughs> it's like conjugating. Right. Like, as you go down the hallway, Mr. Finger, Mr. Person, Mrs. Peoples. Oh, somebody was like, I'd never heard of this comedian. My wife says they're super famous. Rip Torn. Oh, yeah. Yes. I don't know how we didn't get to Rip Torn sooner. So thank you to your wife for bringing it to your attention. Um, Jason Kaysen. (laughs) Somebody was listening to Crime Junkie and said there's a PI named Rob Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's somebody named Dick Wood. And they're like, did somebody already submit this? Probably. But again, we've always got room for nicknames. Yep. Dick Wad and Dick Pickle, which (laughs) they also were like, did someone submit this? I think so. Doesn't matter. We're going there again. Yes. Uh, Got a couple more. Wiener Cutoff Road. (laughs) Ouch. PP Falls Street. (laughs) That's where Courtney lives. Yes. You know, I love anything PP in the name. Tit Wobble Lane. <laughs> That's where I live. That's where I, yeah, I don't have them, so they're not wobbling. Um, Marcus Hayes, second Campbell Jr. I love <laughs> your husband's at that one. Yes. But there's second Campbell and then Jr., just oh, in case you just, missed the first. Right. Yes. Second. That's awesome. 
Um, and then somebody posted on Nextdoor in my hometown very recently, and her name was Mary Blary. There we are, everyone. There we are. Thank you guys for keeping them coming. Keeping Keeping them coming. Keeping them coming. You are amazing. Continue to keep them coming, please. (laughs) You know, who else is amazing? Our Patreon supporters. Our Patreon supporters. We posted this on Patreon last week, but in case you missed it, and in case you were listening on Patreon and an ad popped up and you were like, WT fuck you guys. Mm -hmm. You told me that Patreon would be (laughs) ad free. Yes, it will. As long as I remember to remove the ad before I send it to Sadie (laughs) to then post on Patreon. You know, Mm -hmm. details, details. Yes. So, yes, Patreon will remain completely ad-free every episode (laughs) unless we forget. (laughs) And if we do, please feel free to enforce consequences. That's right. I was like, you can verbally abuse us. And everyone was like, no worries. We love you. You guys are uh-huh. terrible no, at verbal abuse. That is the opposite of verbal yeah. abuse. No no worries at all, winky face. You guys, that is not how you verbally <laughs> abuse someone. We'll work on it. We'll get better. Yeah. Well, they will. They need to work on it. I can verbally abuse my Patreon supporters all day long. <laughs> that has been well established. But you they know? cannot do it in return because they are beautiful, lovely people. <laughs> And who has joined the ranks this month? Yeah, no, who you can verbally abuse soon. Yes, please tell me. Sophie C. How could I abuse somebody with a name like Sophie C? From Australia. Oh, God, I love you, Mm. Australia. I love you, Sophie. Sophie, you know, if you were to come over to my house, you know what we would do? You would have brought me a whole selection of my favorite foods, like an assortment, because there's nothing I love more mm-hmm. than an assortment of foods. Mm-hmm. And we would lay them out, mm-hmm. and you would have the perfect playlist. It'd be like perfectly curated. Mm-hmm. It's not you're not trying too hard. It's like you know a little hip hop, a mm-hmm. little uh, folky, a little like shimmer pop or whatever. You know, just all perfectly woven together. Mm-hmm. And then Sophie would just start to tell me stories about like whatever they had been studying and uh, like what they, an invention that they had just come up with. You know what Sophie would tell you? That Australia is bigger than the moon. (laughs) (laughs) I just learned that on TikTok, but Sophie would tell you that. That's exactly the kind of information that Sophie would tell me. Yeah, if you lay the land mass of australia over the moon it is longer than the moon that is a fascinating topic to thank bring up you. sophie thank you for telling me that while i enjoy this fresh beet hummus that you brought to my house <laughs> and frank ocean plays in the background uh, harry styles followed by harry styles yes. exactly yep just to just to like show that she's and knows what the kids are listening God, to i want to hang out mm-hmm. pickles quick pickles too like multiple (laughs) kinds and they'll be quick pickles thank you so much to Kristen w Kristen well she says as she walks through the door and she kicks the door open and nobody falls to the floor but they want to because her face is so beautiful her energy powerful her meaning is everywhere she is going to tell them what 
They need to know and they will know it then and they'll want to grow into her. <laughs> yes. Thank we you. I want to grow into her. <laughs> I do too. Thank you so much to Ariel A. Ariella, 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 la, 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 She finds out who she wants to know, and she follows them to the place she goes, and she brings them aside, and she whispers in their ear, don't worry about it, everything's going to be all right if you just follow Ariella out of sight. <laughs> it is going to be all right if you follow Ariella out of sight. <laughs> She'll take you where you need to go to, yes. for shit to get real good. Yes. Uh, thank you so much to Tim H. Tim? Tim. Assuming, I don't want to assume anything about anyone's gender ever, but assuming that Tim refers to the broader species. What do you call them? <laughs> the broader species. The broader species. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that has anything to do with gender. Welcome, Tim. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of your your broadness, broad, broad species <laughs> on our roster. And Tim, I can tell by the cut of your jib that you are the kind of person that I want to get to know, that mm-hmm. I would love to be around, that I could uh, banter with, that I could uh, get down upon it with, <laughs> and we will, you know. Yeah. And also, etc. <laughs> Me and Tim. We don't he even have to it. talk about it. We mm-hmm. already know, right? Mm-hmm. I don't yes. have to Tim explain knows. myself around Tim. Tim no. fucking gets it. Yes. Tim is down. The downest of the down. Totally. And I love Tim for that. Being the broadest of species. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this. Somebody from New Zealand. Fuck. What part of New Zealand? I've been to New Zealand. Uh, Wellington. Yeah, that's the grooviest part of New Zealand. It's like the Portland of New Zealand is what I would just give. Or at least it wasn't the year 2000. (laughs) Yes. Pie Kakariki. Basically, yes. That's a word I remember from New Zealand. Uh, Thank you so much to Sarah E. Sarah explodes with the mansions of love and the power and gloves. Gloves and gloves of power and love. She is holding them. Power and love are inside of her gloves. And she tells it to everyone else. And Pai Uh, one more. Teroha, Sarah. Teroha. <laughs> I do believe that means the love between people. If I remember correctly. I was really into that term when I was twenty. Yes. Of course I was. <laughs> probably should. Probably thought about getting it tattooed on myself. Uh, one more. Yeah. One more. Right. I got. Okay. Ready. Okay. Go. Last but certainly not least, thank you so much to Sandy S. Ah, I love the name Sandy S. Sandy's the one who will find on the track. She won't (laughs) give it down and she won't give it back. And Sandy is gonna go to the top and the finding it out. Finding it out. She's a total 80s montage. Yep. I mean, you see her, she's wearing a cat suit. And jumping (laughs) and running. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And lifting the weights and getting sweaty. (laughs) 
it's ex- I was picturing her like running with like hands like pointed. Yes, yes. In a cat suit. One hundred percent. That's Sandy. <laughs> Fucking it up. Uh, so job, hard, Sandy. Yep. <laughs> Thanks to all of you for being here. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I love you so much. We love all of you so much. Welcome new listeners. Thank you for continuing to stick around with this bullshit old (laughs) listeners. You guys have Uh, done it. You endured. You endured for a very long time. Yep. Even through bleeding ears. Even through. Oh, right. opinions with capital o in front of it right speaking of of ears real quick i went to the doctor and then she checked you know just for a med i got my meds increased for those of you following along they will Uh, pill right turns out the overturning of roe v wade and uh grandma's dying and sundry of other things causes you to need more at lexapro which is fine uh, but she checked my ears and she's like, oh Also, you never got on the right dose, right? She like put you on the lowest dose. Yeah. And was like, oh, whoopsie daisy. We probably should have increased yeah. that to see how it went or whatever. Right. Yeah. And it was fine. It was it was manageable for a very long time on the low dose. But now I needed yeah. more. So it was fine. Yeah. Um, but she checked my ears and they were completely, both of them clogged with earwax. Like to the nine, Ew. like all the way. So the nurse came in and we were like freaking out about how much earwax was in there. But I want it back. I want See, it back in my ears. I want it out. I don't even think mine are impacted, but the thought oh of ex- I like how that would feel to... Whoosh, yeah. Oh, I, mean, I want it so bad. Yeah, it kind of was a good itch to scratch, but now everything is way too loud. My house yeah. with two children and two big dogs <laughs> is very loud. And everything, I turned on the shower this morning and the water running into the bathtub was way too loud. Like, I am so overstimulated right now. I can't even tell you. So get those loop earbuds. Can you borrow what? Ryan's? Yeah, right. I know. I need to. But, but then the- she was like, don't put anything in your ears anymore. And I was like, oh. Because I used to sleep with the earplugs in every night, which is why the earwax just got... Yep. Anyway. And you're like, but now I want it back. Yeah, Speaking I of Roe v. It. Wade, real quick, I want to give a big old fucking screw you to Mike Bohacek, my neighbor, who voted against mm. uh, abortions for, in the case of rape and incest, mm. including mm-hmm. his special needs daughter who he admitted on the floor would be negatively impacted if he were to vote against allowing for abortions in the case of rape and incest. So allegedly I might do something juvenile to his house. Yes. Also, I think I, if you put allegedly in front of things, (laughs) cannot be, cannot be held accountable right, right? yeah so Go allegedly shit out of it <laughs> i might do something super juvenile to mike bocek's house at, le- at the very minimum i will be driving by regular i mean he lives three minutes away from me. he's my next door neighbor of one of my best friends i'm gonna start targeting bocek i'm coming for you bocek god i just can't i can't do yeah. it so no, no. Go get ready yourself. for some oh. alleged shenanigans bocek moon them yes yeah allegedly allegedly moon them god we yes, will get through it we will get through it 100 percent. and be, a part oh, of the way okay. we're gonna get through it is by calling these pieces of shit out for shit like this especially when they live next door to you i'm like do i go on next door what do i do with this you know what i'm gonna start by talking about it on my podcast screw mm-hmm. you dude i'm coming for you in a very obnoxious way <laughs> 
Yep. Just constant uh, butts in your windows. <laughs> yeah. Until we vote you out because you're going to get voted the fuck out, you idiot. Especially my district anyway. Yeah. It's yeah, not about that entirely. Nope. It's about we'll you. See you later. Yeah. And you can always find us on TikTok. Things. Facebook. <laughs> Instagram. YouTube. And Twitter. At Courtney, Courtney had a TikTok video get to 8 million views, you guys. Yep. Dudes, what <laughs> is happening? Wow. I know. Yeah, that was wild. And I said, when it when it started going viral, I was like, I hope this video gets us to 100,000 yeah, followers. And we close. are like... 300 people away? Yeah. So Let's thank you, video. Ah, no, hush. Let's look real, real quick. Let's look. <gasps> not yet uh 99.8 so close uh, so close and when that video started i think we had 44 so mm. thank you blanche monnier you took it to the you limit <laughs> um and thank you to all the those of you who found us on tiktok and followed us Heck over yeah. here that is the so entire point of you. doing tiktok so welcome um and if any of you want to send us an email you're always welcome to send us one at they will kill podcast at gmail.com and you can go to our website they will kill.com yeah, rate, review, subscribe, please. Please do that. Got some and good reviews. Love yeah. them. Love them. Love them. So much. And remember... Oh, no. Um, uh, thank you, AJ Burgans, for our music. Yes, thank you for our music, <laughs> AJ. And remember. Mm. So I wrote something down. Well, I have Harry I Styles nice. in my head now. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. I was watching a video about the telescope. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what this means, but I thought it was lovely. And it's something I wanted, I thought about for a while and I still couldn't figure it out. But so the planets that we're seeing through that telescope, they mm -hmm. said they aren't in the past. It is only their ancient light that we are seeing right now. What? Those planets that we're seeing are not, we're not seeing them in the past. We are seeing their ancient light. light what right because right, they're still moving through time or whatever but we yes they exist now light. but we are seeing their ancient light yes I, I saw some other thing about how it we don't need to really worry too much because any planets that have intelligent life close enough to have telescopes like we do or like some you know the, to be able to see us in any yeah. sort of detail would see the past you know like I don't yeah. know how long ago, but then they would just be like, oh, okay, they're not, they don't really know what they're doing yet, so they'd leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> just our ancient light, though. Right? Oh, yeah, they're still our ancient light. I still don't entirely get it, but I love it. Yes. And I love you. Yep. And we'll see you real soon. We will see you so soon, you guys. See you later. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.